Late last week, Mario Cristobal mentioned a big next wave coming in Hurricanes recruiting. Then a couple days pass, the weekend comes and goes, and nobody commits. People have been asking me, did these players troll Mario? Did Mario think certain guys were coming and then they didn't come? Or did Mario lie about a next wave? Guys, don't assume he was talking about one singular weekend because honestly, I think that next wave is coming and it's coming in hot. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So, when is the next wave coming in recruiting? Are we okay? Because if any of you thought, and I had high hopes for a while for Janelle Aguero, who ends up picking Georgia. Uh, I didn't really know what to think with Peyton Kirkland. I did not expect him to pick Texas because that was way off the map. Malik Bryant postponed his announcement. A lot of people were freaking out about that. Jaden Bonzu postponed his announcement. People are freaking out about that. But we're getting some good vibes out there. And I wanted to talk about some Miami targets on this episode because, no, I don't think Cristobal was lying about a big second wave or next wave in recruiting, nor do I think he was trolled by certain players that maybe promised they were coming. And, you know, I, I don't think we were sold a bag of goods here. I think Cristobal's going to get a bunch more really good players in this cycle and a bunch more really good players in in the next coming week. So let's talk first, as there's a handful of Miami targets that I think we're going to get verdicts from pretty soon here over the summer. Let's talk about four-star linebacker Malik Bryant, who was scheduled to make his announcement at his high school this past Saturday uh, in what has been reported by many as a very tight race between Miami, who were seen as the favorite and are still seen as the favorite, and the Florida Gators, who, as we talked about late last week and over the weekend, Florida was making a really big late push for Malik Bryant that G5 Billy Napier, Billy Napier didn't want to see uh, you know, Malik Bryant, another head-to-head recruiting battle, choosing Miami over Florida. And then when Bryant postpones the announcement, a lot of Hurricanes fans were freaking out because Miami had been getting the crystal balls. We had been banking on Bryant coming in and joining uh, Raul Popo Aguirre and Bobby Washington in that linebacker class. And we're still yet to get the announcement from Malik Bryant. I've heard some good things over the past couple of days from a lot of really good people. Let's start with something that Friend of the show, Gabby Yerudia from 24-7 Sports and Inside the U has been reporting. He had a great scoop this week on Malik Bryant uh, saying that Bryant's announcement could happen this week. It could even happen as soon as Wednesday, he was saying. Uh, I'm yet to see that materialize yet in terms of him teasing an announcement, but that his announcement could happen even as soon as Wednesday of this week. And that Malik Bryant might make his announcement literally from Edger and James's house. 
because the two of them are very close. Now, if he does make an announcement at Edger and James's house, I have a hard time thinking he's going to pick that venue to pick a school not named Miami. That would be a very interesting development. Um, but at the same time, whether it be from Gabby and some of the other folks that we talked to behind the scenes, I'm still getting very positive feedback for Malik Bryant picking Miami. Now, we talked about it heading into the weekend that before he postponed his announcement that Florida was making a big push. Um, I had been told by one source that if he had made his announcement on Saturday, that it might have been a Florida lean over Miami. So it's actually a good thing that he postponed the announcement because maybe Miami's getting back in it. I've heard from other folks out there, and I hope this is true, that Malik Bryant postponing the announcement actually didn't have anything to do with him making up his mind, that it had more to do with a logistical matter with the venue and the event that he had planned, maybe someone that he really wanted to be at the event couldn't make it, so he decided to postpone it. I would love for that to be true because if that's true, that if him postponing his announcement had more to do with the event and the logistics and the venue than it did about him actually making up his mind, then maybe that means it's going to be Miami the entire time and that he didn't waver on that. So there's a lot of that noise out there. There's a lot of that. And thank you, uh, some of you guys, for bringing that to my attention. I did a little digging on that, that, yeah, there are some people out there who tell me that uh, Bryant's postponement didn't really have anything to do with what school he's going to pick. Jaden Bonsu said the same thing for what it's worth. I don't, I don't know anyone close to Jaden Bonsu. Like I, I don't have a, uh, as good of a, a feel for what he's really thinking behind the scenes, except for the fact that we still believe Miami is the favorite for that four-star safety out of New Jersey. But when he postponed his announcement, which was supposed to happen a week ago or almost a week ago, he did come out on his social media channels and say that his postponement didn't have anything to do with what school he was picking, uh, which kind of makes me wonder what else may be going on there. But I think that's really good news on Malik Bryant. And yeah, everyone that I'm hearing from still thinks that uh, it's you know not a done deal because you never say that in recruiting, especially not in this day and age, but that Miami is still a strong favorite there and that Charlie Strong, Hurricanes linebackers coach, has been putting in a lot of work to try and get Malik Bryant over the finish line, the same way Charlie Strong put a lot of work in getting Raul Popo Aguirre over the finish line. And I hope we get the announcement this week, right? I mean, if you do get a verbal commit from Malik Bryant this week, that puts Miami's recruiting class right back in that top 10, and it starts to build that momentum again. Here's another target I don't think we've talked about this young man on this show at all. Let's transition to wide receiver. I think this might be the first time we've brought, maybe the second time, because I, I do think that we talked about him briefly within the last week or two uh, with Brad Tejeda. But this is one of the first times we bring up this name. But guys, there's a lot of smoke here behind the scenes for William Foles. Four-star wide receiver. He's played his high school ball to this point at Dade Christian. He's transferring to avant-garde. I'm not exactly sure where that is, but um, I start to see the smoke signals over the last 24 hours that William Foles, and we'll talk a little bit more about what he brings to the table, very likely 
to choose Miami. I'm told this one is looking really good for the Canes, that it's expected. It's expected he is going to pick the Hurricanes. And he dropped his announcement date. So as I come to you today, it is the 26th of July. He is going to make his announcement on August 3rd. So it's coming up, and it's coming up fast for Robert Foles. And if you read between the lines here, um, I'm hearing that with Foles, who's also been recruited by schools like Ole Miss, Auburn, Florida, and Florida State, several others have recruited him. But apparently in recent days, most of the other schools that have been recruiting him have backed off. And I think it's because he's become a very clear Miami lean. So if you kind of read the tea leaves, it's not only what's happening with Miami, it's what's happening with other schools where I'm expecting him to pick the U. Um, this guy, and I think that some of his stats, like his track numbers and his actual footage, because you can watch a lot of his uh, his reels out there. He's got a really good huddle tape out there. You can watch some of his highlight rules when you talk about William Foles. He looks really fast on the field. Um, I've read in a few places that like his hundred meter time is not very good. So it's like, if you read his stats, oh, it doesn't sound like he's fast, but he looks really fast on film. And I tend to trust the actual footage versus the numbers when you're running a hundred or running a 40. Cause if the footage tells a different story, I tend to go with what you see on the field versus what you see when someone like blows a whistle and you just run down an empty field past a few hash marks. Um, I like William Foles' size a lot. Six foot two, uh, listed at 195. I think he's already pushing 200. Uh, from what I hear, that that listing may not be completely accurate. So, if William Foles, who again, I've been hearing a lot of positives about him picking Miami, that Miami has started recruiting him really heavily and that he's very interested. And, uh, and this one, this one I feel good about. If they don't let me drop crystal balls, so let me drop a let me drop a crystal bald head. All right, I've got my beautiful, shiny, bald head. I'm going to drop a crystal bald head on William Foles picking Miami. And if he does pick Miami, he would add to what's pretty solid wide receiver class so far for the class of 2023. Miami already has verbal commits from a pair of four stars, four star Robbie Washington, who's listed as an athlete, but he's going to play wide receiver at Miami and four star Ray Ray Joseph, who we like a lot. And they're, they, these are all local kids, by the way, because Washington is out of Killian and Ray Ray is out of Miami Edison. You could potentially get one from Dade Christian slash avant guard. And we keep these guys in the crib, which I love. And, you know, I, Miami's still going to keep recruiting other big time wide receivers. Even if they get foals, uh, I still keep my eyes on players like Andy Jean and Hakeem Williams, Hakeem, I like a lot. We all like him a lot. I, I think right now Andy Jean might be a little bit more likely of a lean than Hykeen, but we'll see how that one plays out. But yeah, I good, good feedback on William Foles and uh, August 3rd. What is that? Is that next Wednesday? I want to say that's next week. I get thrown off because there's 31 days in the month of July and it throws off my math. I'm not good when you have to carry the one, but I think it's next Wednesday, August 3rd is when William Foles is going to make his announcement. So certainly be looking at the Miami Hurricanes for that one. When we come back, a couple of important notes on the offensive line as we talk about this next wave that may be coming. Mario said it. I take it to the bank. I don't think he was talking about one singular weekend. I think he's talking about the weeks to come. 
couple of offensive linemen that the Miami Hurricanes are hot and heavy for, and a really cool quote from Miami edge rusher Jafari Harvey about how the Hurricanes players are seeing and embracing the new culture and the new grind that this coaching staff is working tirelessly to create and bring back to the University of Miami. So we have so much to come, my friends. And hey, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, cookie dough chunk puffs. Have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Guys, they sent me a box of these on Monday, and they are my new favorite. They have actual chunks of cookie dough on them. You know I love the puffs, these cookie dough puffs. I'm going to be buying a couple more boxes of these. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, Built Bars are actually healthy for you. I've been losing weight despite the fact that I'm on like an all-Built Bar diet. I eat so many of these things. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein. Run to Built.com and snag a box for you and the family. It's the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. My son really likes them. So I had to tell him. He ate one of these bars. I'm like, oh, that's all we have. No left for you. Like all built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. And all the bars are made with collagen protein. Every built Bar, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff, whether you need a snack for your workout or a late-night treat or you just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar, and grab yourself a built Bar. Go to built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, and we will follow you back at Locked on Canes. Follow us at Locked on Canes. Drop us questions and comments day and night. You can also follow my personal at Alex Dono. Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. So uh, we talked about very positive vibes and feedback for Malik Bryant. Very positive vibes and feedback for four-star wide receiver William Foles, who could be added. Foles could be in the fold very soon here. Uh, And I'm still feeling very good about Tommy Kinsler. Tommy Kinsler, who's a three-star offensive lineman, but he's an upper. Miami's got a few of these, an upper echelon three-star guy that probably deserves a little bit more than that. He's going to be announcing his commitment on the 28th. Uh, We are expecting him to announce Miami. He decommitted from Florida a few weeks ago Um, at the collegiate level. I mean, I I can't speak for every school, I guess. But if he does end up at Miami, Kinsler, who, uh, who primarily plays tackle in high school, is projected to move into the interior, uh, would add to a very strong offensive line class. I mean, Miami already has the hurricane evangelist Antonio trip. That's what I call him because he's spreading the Canes gospel on social media every day. That dude's enthusiasm is infectious. And I love Antonio trip and Frankie Tinalau 
And of course, Francis Maui Goa, the top offensive tackle in the country, has verbally committed to Miami. I think Tommy Kinsler is going to be the next offensive domino, offensive line domino to drop because I am expecting him to pick Miami later this week when he announces his commitment. So that's going to be a good one. And Miami, they are still in the lead for the number three tackle in the class, Pancake Honcho himself. Don't tell him that I actually prefer waffles over pancakes. I don't need him to know that. That is my secret, but I do love pancakes as well. And the Pancake Honcho, Samson Okunlola, Miami is still considered to be in the lead for him. I am not going to chalk this one up as a W until I actually see him sign his national letter of intent in a few months, or at least until he drops that verbal commit, uh, because he's still Okunlola, despite the fact that the crystal balls have been coming in from Miami, he still does not have an announcement date set yet for his verbal commitment. So we're still waiting in the wings for that, where we're hanging out to dry until he makes that announcement. Now, um, some of the buzz... You guys may have heard this. I've heard it, but I cannot confirm it. But some of the buzz on Okunlola over the past two, three weeks has actually claimed that he is a quote-unquote silent commit to Miami. Uh, that he's, you know, basically all all that's left is the announcement. I've, I've seen those rumors. People have told me that. Um, but, you know... For a player as highly touted as he is, and other schools have not stopped recruiting him, things can change on a dime. I think we all will use Olaus Allenen as the cautionary tale, right? Because for a couple of weeks, all the crystal balls were coming in, Allenen to Miami, his family loves Miami, he loves Miami, he's going to spurn Nick Saban to come to the U, and then a couple days before he makes his announcement, everything flips even the Fong ball flipped. Steve Wolf Fong changed his crystal ball from Miami to Alabama. So I don't I don't take the process for granted, especially when you're talking about, you know, 17, sometimes 16-year-old young men who are about to make the biggest decision of their life. And you've got coaches like Nick Saban in one ear and Mario Cristobal and Brian Kelly and G5 Billy all trying to talk at you and recruit. It can be overwhelming and it's a difficult decision. I know these players don't take it lightly. I don't take it lightly either. So Miami is still the favorite for Samson Okunlola, but he's one of the top prizes, top still uncommitted offensive tackle in the class. So he's one of the top prizes in this class. Um, I'm going to hope that he stays a Miami lean and that he ends up announcing officially or semi-officially. But until that day, I'm not going to take it for granted. But the good news is Miami still does seem to be in the lead for him. You know, I was told uh, over the weekend that Michigan State is making a big push for Okun Lola. So even though Miami is still seen as the leader, you look in your rearview mirror at Michigan State that they're trying to gain some ground. It is interesting to note, though, that one of the crystal balls on 24-7 that points to Okunlola to Miami comes from a Michigan State insider, Justin Thind. So doesn't that kind of tell you that if a guy who covers Michigan State isn't hearing good buzz and he logs his crystal ball from Miami, that that's probably a pretty good sign. So hopefully that one ends up coming to fruition. So 
that could be the next wave. When Mario Cristobal talked about another big wave coming in recruiting, gosh, people, my phone's ringing off the hook. I, I should have put it on silence. They're going to have to wait till the show's over. So, you know, with Mario Cristobal talking about the next wave coming in recruiting, it could very well be this wave that could start with Malik Bryant, who's a huge prize, four-star linebacker from Jones High School in Orlando. It could continue with William Foles and Tommy Kinsler and hopefully – we get that verbal commit we've been waiting for and hoping for from Samson Okunlola. I keep my fingers crossed that that one comes in. Let's talk about the culture and how Miami is embracing it. A really cool quote from Hurricanes defensive end Jafari Harvey when we come back here. Keep it locked to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. And make sure you subscribe. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods. Make sure you subscribe so you can get Canes content every single day. So uh, this is a good quote from you know a player that I, I really hope breaks out and has an, has an awesome season coming up. Jafari Harvey says, everyone on that roster has bought in very quickly to the culture and the grind that Mario Cristobal is trying to create. He says, quote, with new coaching, we go in there extra every day after practice, after you've had a long practice over there in the spring down in Miami, it gets hot outside. No kidding, man. I don't even like going outside this time of year. So I feel like running extra when you're tired, working on that get off after practice. So, you know, late in the fourth quarter, your legs will still feel fresher than everybody else's. And oh yeah, most definitely that they're going to improve defensively. He said with the coaching we've got here on the defensive line, especially we've got some great coaches. A lot of guys have got NFL experience. A lot of guys came in. I feel like we'll improve very much in sacks, tackles for losses, and especially in turnovers. So even though they took away the chain, he still expects improvement in turnovers. So do I. The defense will be successful, but I feel like relentless effort, relentless effort, he said that twice, hard work will take care of itself. I feel like everybody's bought in. So coming in fall camp, working hard, and we'll have a great defense this year. And we talked a little bit about fall camp yesterday. Fall camp starts on August 6th. So it's going to be here before you know it. That's a Saturday. Uh, so get ready for August 6th. So listen, I, I love to hear what he's saying. And hopefully the way that they started buying into that culture very quickly in the spring, I hope it continues into fall camp, which is going to be underway here before we know it. Um, now, big picture, anytime a new coaching staff comes in nationwide when this happens and coaching chains happen a lot in college football, we know that. Players always realize that they need to either fight for the same respect that they had with the previous staff because it's really a clean slate when new coaches come in. I mean, obviously, no one's looking to take Tyler Van Dyke's job away, but still, right? I mean, a new coaching staff is always going to want to take a look at what they have at every single position. Uh, so you want to reinforce into the new coaching staff the trust you had in the old staff. And then on the flip side of that, it's a great opportunity for players who might have felt like they weren't given proper opportunities from the pre previous coaches or they might have been in the doghouse of the previous coaching staff. You now have a clean slate and an opportunity to change your fortunes. Now, in this case, because like I said, anytime nationwide, 
you have a coaching change, players are going to want to show out for the new coaching staff. But in this case specifically, when you upgrade from the Kia coaching staff to the Ferrari coaching staff that Miami now has, these are coaches from Cristobal on down. Everyone has heard of these coaches. They have strong reputations. A lot of these players that are on the roster were recruited by Mario Cristobal when he was at Oregon. Maybe they didn't want to go across the country to play football. Some of these guys that were recruited by Cristobal but didn't play for him are actually happy now that they get the opportunity to play for him because their decision may have had more to do with location and family stuff and you know love from Miami than it did about the actual football situation so now they get to have their cake and eat it too now they get to be in Miami and at Miami and playing for a coaching staff like this and I think these players also came to understand really quickly that the standards in practice and on game day they're going to go way up the standards when you have a coaching staff like this and players are going to be willing to push themselves even harder if they trust that the coaches they have in place people like coach Salavea uh, people like Coach Charlie Strong and Kevin Steele and Josh Gaddis and Frank Ponce, that coach and Jamil Adai, who just came from Georgia after winning a national title, that coaches like this can bring them to a higher standard and higher ceiling of play if you just trust them, listen to them, and do what they say and practice the way you want them to practice. Because guys are always going to be willing to work even harder if they feel like that hard work is actually going to reward them with a chance to win conference titles, hopefully within the next couple of years, they have a chance to win national titles, individual awards. We got a lot of players on watch lists for individual awards and yeah, improve their draft stock for the NFL. Miami only had one player drafted this past year. So these guys are interested and Miami historically is an NFL factory these guys are always going to be interested in improving that draft stock and trying to become first round or second day picks that that's really the name of the game. So I love to hear that. And hopefully what Mr. Harvey had to say, hopefully they're not just words. Hopefully those words get backed up by actions as well. And as far as that standard, raising that standard, right? I asked you guys on Twitter, you know, if Miami can play up to their potential they have the type of roster that can win blank this year. And when I say blank, that can either be a certain number of games, that can be a national title if you feel that way, or a conference title. Uh, here's the exact tweet that I wrote on Locked on Canes, at Locked on Canes on Twitter. The Miami Hurricanes have enough talent to win blank in 2022. Let me read you some of the responses. Cal L., I think that's a Superman reference, if I'm not mistaken. He says national championship. Cal, I hope you're right. Daydreamers Club says 12 wins and a conference title. Lonnie Parker says 10 wins plus bowl game. William Gibson says nine games. Umberto says ACC championship. Anthony says the coastal, but coaching could take them even farther, he says. Joseph says 10 wins. Joshua says 12 wins. 225 Hurricane says Miami can win the whole thing. Coastal, ACC, Chip, and the Natty this year. If, he says is a big word, if the players buy in and listen, study, and work their butts off at Green Tree. I know that's a lot for Mario to do in his first year at Miami, but we have the coaches and the players. Um, 
Now, my personal standard, I think Miami is and should win the Coastal this year, of course, and play for an ACC championship and try to win that, be competitive, whether you play Clemson or North Carolina State, or maybe Wake Forest can sneak their way into the title game again, try to win the conference, but I think winning the division is the bare minimum. Uh, you know, we did have a few people say, yeah, probably six six games, seven games, seven wins, six wins. Uh, I think a few of those were Gator fans and Seminole fans trolling us a little bit, but I'm going to be anxious to see how much better Miami can get quickly, right? That how much they can improve on a seven-win season with Manny Diaz last year. And it's a tough schedule this year. you got to play on the road at Clemson and on the road at uh, at Texas A&M in the same year. That's that's a tough break when it comes to that road schedule. So we shall see. But a lot of you out there sound pretty bullish that Miami can actually surprise some people and compete even to try to get into that college football playoff even year one. I will believe it when I see it, but the journey is going to be fun. Hey, you can get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. On tomorrow's episode, you know it's going to be a good one because John Garcia, head of football recruiting from Sports Illustrated, is going to join us. We're going to be dropping some recruiting nuggets left and right on tomorrow's episode. So make sure you join us then. On another episode of Locked on Canes, we are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team 